Hello, and welcome to a month full of pride here at the VD Clinic. I'm your host, Vanessa. And with me, as always, is Darren. Hello. (laughs) You didn't try to do any fancy sound effect like I did. (laughs) Well, yours had to shine. (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I couldn't top it, so I, I pulled back. Okay. Well, you never know. You might surprise us later. Yeah. Those <laughs> those fucking bongos that I or that jembe I had when we did yeah. was a death to smoochie or something or no. the beats, it was the No, beats. it was it was the beats. It was the beats <laughs> episode. That is just on the other side of the door. So And you and you were singing when Bo was here, so I was. um <laughs> so I sang, I sang a you little You never bit. know. In the last Psychosemantic episode that'll probably be out just before this episode. Yes. Wow. Sang to our friend Desmond. Being... Or about our friend Desmond. You you never know what's going to come up. Yeah. And here we are. Um, how are you doing, Darren? I'm doing all right. I think the coffee's kicking in, if you can't tell by the, the rambling. <laughs> And um, as we are recording, it's nine o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. So that coffee really needs to be here. Yeah, I, I you know it's it's one of those di- one of those days. The oh, Danzig's been having uh, nightmares lately. Oh, so oh, that's a joy. There have been a lot of four o'clock. Hey, <laughs> I'm awake right now. Is, uh, when I'm getting ready to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Between, between three and four is usually Daddy's bedtime. Um, yeah, so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I was I was complaining about him not letting me give him goodnight kisses in the last episode. And here I am. I'm the person he goes to when he has a bad dream. So what's up? Oh, <laughs> children are fickle. <laughs> True. Uh, how's At least how, they can't how are be. you and Zora doing? Oh, just dandy. Uh, my mother has been in town visiting for almost two weeks, and Zora is fine except for the occasional annoyance with the fireworks in the neighborhood. <laughs> and as I, I was saying before we started recording, yeah, it's kind of been insane here. So I apologize in advance to the listeners if we have to pause so I can close the window. Um, and even if I close the window and it's still noisy from the fireworks, but I'm telling you, there are like Macy's 4th of a job, 4th of July level fireworks going on in the city this year. And my neighborhood is one of the biggest hotspots for it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> apologies now, but, and that's the only thing like Zora, like I said, gets a little annoyed with not too much, but enough. And, but yeah. What are you going to do? It's summer. <laughs> Everybody's stuck at home to some degree. I mean, we're not completely reopened here in New York. 
Yeah, most most uh, upcoming Fourth of July festivities have been canceled, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah. Well, I know that Macy's the way that they're doing the big ones for the city. They're actually not telling people in advance, and they're going to like ev like over five nights, one week. They're going to be going to different spots in each borough and shooting off fireworks for about, you know, eight to ten minutes. Oh. And they're not going to announce it ahead of time. So pe there are very few people that can gather together that quickly. Yeah. The people they want to tell. And everybody right. else will think it's V for Vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then they're going to edit them all together and air them on a special on TV. Ah, okay. Yeah. With it's... like, I forget, I forget who, what singers are performing like on the different special. It's like, okay, whatever. I don't care. I'm not a big 4th of July, like fireworks type person, but I know some people are just so into them. Yeah, it, it, it is a culture. Uh, I think uh, I was also talking about this off off mic, but I, the first time I ever had a gun uh, pulled on me by a cop was I was 10 and I was playing with fireworks in the woods. And you were telling me a story about people calling the police for no reason. And somebody called the police and said someone was shooting a gun in the woods. So, yeah. 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 Well, I it's been bad. I mean, because like my neighborhood has been one of the neighborhoods where the NYPD have come in and riot gear, um, over people making complaints and they've been busting down apartment doors and different things. Um, the reaction has not been the best, but, um, that is a conversation for another podcast. Uh, I don't want to get into that. I would, and we're here for pride. We're here yeah. for LGBTQ pride. So, um, yeah. It's funny, I I picked these two items, this book and this movie, um, because I, I just th was thinking of the pride aspect. However, there's another uh, thematic thing. They are both international selections. So, um, yeah, trying to give us, give us some culture, I guess. <laughs> some motherfucking culture here in America. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, Makes sorry, up for some wrong show here in america yes <laughs> here at the vd clinic we try to expand our horizons and not just do the typical yes we are going to be we are covering the finnish film <laughs> tom of finland um about the uh, biopic of the artist of the same name and 2017 movie and then we are doing the uh, manga My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness by Nagata Kabi. So I'm I'm sure both of us, unless you can speak Japanese or Finnish, because I certainly know I can't, um, I, I'm sure there are going to be mispronunciations here and there. So Mispronunciations aplenty. Um, yes, actually, and we apologize in advance. <laughs> some, some of the time, of Finnish, I, I, I would probably have an easier time with the Japanese than the Finnish. Mm -hmm. The Finnish, I think so too. You know, it's yeah. I, the, the names, I'm 
not even I was trying I was even trying a little bit last night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, Tuco. It was like Tuco Valley. Yeah, Tuco Laksunsen. Yeah, but Doug and Jack. Lock, I got Doug and Jack. And <laughs> Doug and Jack, the Americans. We got that. Yeah. We got and I got Nipa and Kaja. Yeah, but Kaja. you know what? Let's why don't we now that we're start talking about why don't we jump right into it? Um, unless you want to take a quick break or need to take a quick break. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do a break between the, the, the movie and the book. I'm just checking. So, okay, <laughs> let's get right into it then. We're going to talk some Tom of Finland and both of these, um, are both either by or like biographical pieces. Well, one case is autobiographical and they're both about artists. So I have all these themes running through that I was not even thinking of, at least consciously in my head. So I was kind of like, wow, sometimes I actually think of things like intelligently. <laughs> it was one <laughs> was of those back of burner things. You, you're so good at it that you didn't even notice. It's muscle memory for your, I guess. your movie book pairings. I guess. Or, or that day my brain was multitasking but compartmentalizing what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, one of those things. I'm not sure. But, yeah, so Tom of Finland uh, is, from, is from 2017. It was actually the Finland's uh, official Oscar entry for the foreign language film, I think, of 2018. In the um, USA Oscars, or do they have Oscars in Finland? I know they have Oscar, or do they have Oscars they have, in other countries? Yeah, well, like did. in yeah, but like in England, they're called the BAFTAs. Oh, um, I've I've because it's the, BAFTA. the oh. that's a motorcycle. There they go. That they heard BAFTA and they it, just had to go somewhere else. Yeah, the it's like British actors, actors film. Theatrical Association or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I forget what it is. Film and Theater Association. Maybe that's what it is. There we go. I forget. But the BAFTA Awards is the British equivalent of the Oscars. Yeah, I know that they have those kinds of things in other countries, but I forget what they're called. Oh, well. So I, just, I just hear about BAFTA more often because it's also a more publicized event and, you know... They have more international entries. You know, that journalism is. Anyway, um, how many of these names do you want to attempt? <laughs> In the cast? I, well, the, well, I, oh. we were saying Tom, well, the, 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 uh, um, the artist that it's Tom of Finland was his nom de plume, basically. <laughs> Tuko Lekensen. Lex, Lexanen. But it's Laxonen. Yeah, Laxonen. That's what I would say. But so, and you know, and they do take turns in the film calling him. In part, there is some English in this film, but um, <laughs> well, because everybody they do else call can him, speak two languages besides Americans. <laughs> well, he speaks German as well. Yeah, he speaks German as well in part of the movie. So. Yes, you're right. Other countries where they're multilingual. It's only us dumb Americans that are <laughs> kind of stuck. Yeah. But they do go back and forth between calling him Tom and Tuko. Yeah. 
threw me off but, a little bit at first. Right. Well, and there are so many different like flashbacks in this movie. There's the fireworks. Um, so there are so many flashbacks in this movie that it does occasionally you have to like stop Um, I was watching this actually with my mother who's in town visiting Um, (laughs) which she did say she was actually found it very interesting and she enjoyed it when we were, when it was over, but there were a couple places where, you know, you do, it is, you know, they do have like, okay, the massive at very, how many, it's not even three minutes in the film. And there's like a scene of all of these, you know, naked men, naked male soldiers, like going out in skinny dipping in the ice and, uh, the ice ponds, you know, yes. yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> I didn't warn my mother that that was going to be in the movie. So <laughs> she was a little bit like, oh, what? Wait, whoa. <laughs> like, oh, my. Well, she wasn't clutching her pearls, but she was like, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> it's this kind of movie, huh? Which but, uh, gets you straight into it. Yeah, it does. It does. But um, but anyway, it, you know, it's it really does establish... But yeah, that whole sense of with the glance of the one, you know, um, captain and, you know, the high, the higher ranking officer and that whole power dynamic in who's fully clothed, looking, look, kind of eyeing the uh, lustfully, <laughs> the, uh, the soldiers, you know, it's. It sets the mood for the film, definitely. But it sh- it's it's just the complete theme of the artwork that was Tom of Finland. Where these kind of authoritarian, you know, the submissive kind of, you know, relationships. And, and it's a very, I think... I think it's a good expression of. Well, I'm probably. I'll, I, I guess I could. Let's set it up before I, I get that into it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going into. I'm, I'm going to get all into the. Uh, uh, yeah, I get into the whole subculture of. Uh, the leather scene. <laughs> so we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Let's to, let's talk about the characters. Why don't you introduce the individuals in the film? <laughs> uh, okay, so you don't have to say everybody's name, like full name, uh, I, the actors. I I I'm not afraid to try uh, any know, mispronunciation. Huh? You're braver than I am. Yeah, any mispronunciation is a reflection on my Americanness. Uh, so we've got Tuko Leksonen, uh, a.k.a. Tama Finland, played by Pekka Strong. We've got Vili, or Nipa, played by mm-hmm. Lori Tikkanen. Uh, Kaija, uh, tu- Tuko's sister, played by Jessica Grabowski. I'll say the W with a V, because I'm just guessing. Uh, oof. Al... 
Alijoki is Taisto Oksanen. Doug mm-hmm. is played by Seamus Sargent. We got the Americans' names. <laughs> Jack is played by Jacob Ofterborough, a Norwegian actor, actually. But I uh, uh, could yeah. not find a nationality for Doug. And yeah. uh, what? Werner Dane uh, plays Muller. And what? Uh, the only other name oh. I have is the editor of the Physique Pictorial Office. And that's Horstein Bachmann. I was looking for Heike. Who played Heike? Who played Heike? I don't see it. Mm-mm, I don't know. They can't, they can't be an unknown person. This is not very long ago. Heike's a pretty... No, he's a pretty major character, I feel. Um, ba, ba, ba. Did he have Sorry. another name in Heike? <laughs> uh, Sorry. I, well, who is Ali Jokey? Because that, that could be Heike, right? Maybe. Because Mrs. Ali Jokey... <laughs> No, oh, that's the that's the diplomat. No, that is him. Okay, so Heike was Tasto Oxenen. Okay, I looked at his picture. I looked at his picture, and I'm like, yeah, okay. There he is. (sighs) Okay, now we can come back. (laughs) So Heike, Heike is Tasto Oxenen. Yeah, that's they called him Ali Joki, which is. Yeah, uh, that's that's a hard. Heike might be Heike might that might have been his last name and Heike was his first name, there or was, are. or Heike was his nickname. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of I, code in this, a lot of yeah hunting in this book or this movie. Oh my goodness, the the euphemisms that were used in this film (laughs) because of the time period. Like, yes, I like to paint landscapes and he's trying to sell his gay male homoerotic art, you know, sides and landscapes. Oh yes. I'm interested in nature. (laughs) Can I see the originals? It's always a pause in there before they say it. (laughs) How's the pheasant hunt going? Uh, I think a lot of that's from uh, what when he went to Berlin. Um, yeah, yeah, that was. But uh, yeah, there were a lot of euphemisms. And my mom asked me, and is very true. She's she's like, how do you like he's because like he goes after he's been in after Tuco has been in the war, and he's in the bar. You know, and it's a bar where, you know, it's just, it's not like he's in a gay bar, you know, and he, but there are like single men there, other single men there. And he's, you know, eyeing another guy or whatever and everything. And then they go into the bathroom and I'm like, these, I love, one thing I (laughs) I thought was so great about this was that them using him using these uh, postcard size erotic drawings 
his artwork as almost like a pickup line. <laughs> yeah. It was like, that was a way of saying, hey. But my mom asked me, she's like, how did they know if someone was interested? I'm like, so they're like, she's like, when people couldn't be open. And I'm like, well, even now, like some places, I'm like, they're just certain understood looks or codes, depending on whatever, you know, community you feel a part, like sub-community you feel a part of. And, um... It, you know, like you're saying, pheasant hunting, that's, you know, you have your euphemism there where some people might have no clue thinking you're actually going out to with a gun trying to shoot a bird like yeah. <laughs> to go, you know, <laughs> Poker might as well night be later on. a chicken or <laughs> with some special friends like <laughs> yeah. quote unquote special friends. You know, that's. And it, I mean, it, it was, I mean, it's not that it doesn't exist now, but, uh, it's just very interesting. It, it's a, I think it's a nice portrait of that time period because it does start, I mean, it flashes back and forward time period wise, but you essentially are starting during world war two and, and then moving to the, we see, you know, the 50s, I guess a little bit of the 60s, but more the 70s and into the 80s. Yeah. Um, I feel, because I'm look, you know, I like sitting there looking at all the clothing and hair and makeup and uh, Kaja's glasses. <laughs> um, she had quite, like some of those ones were quite the glasses, but... Uh, but you know, it, it, de- it seems like they skipped a little bit. I feel of the sixties yeah. or they sped through it a lot more. But the one thing that just, I've now seen this movie three times and what strikes me every single time I see it is how good the old age makeup is. It is so good. Because it's really subtle in different places. Like where it gets like the prosthetics of like slight jowls, you know, forming. And then, okay, what they would look like in about five years. It's a little bit more pronounced. And then like just slight age spots and they don't... You see that old age makeup in certain films and it definitely doesn't look like it's progressive and it doesn't look like a smooth transition over the years and or you know and it's maybe they don't know how to work with a certain actor's you know face but whoever worked on this did an amazing job yeah i've seen i've seen worse in movies that probably had five times its budget oh i know i know yeah the the old age makeup uh I mean, the writing of this, I don't is do you, is this based off his autobiography or a biography of his, or is this just a, uh, I had never heard of Tom of Finland before you suggested we do this. Had you seen his artwork now? I have seen his artwork now. I had not, well, of okay. course, not all of it, but, uh, but had yeah. you seen it before this? Before this, maybe, but it was, it wasn't probably... like, probably. I... 
yeah. probably had seen some of his images, but just weren't aware of who it was. Right. I, it's a very, uh, well, I don't want to say from it's my a, limited experience, it is a unique style. No, it is a very unique style. Okay. And it's why he stands out so much and why he gains such fandom. And he really did. There's so many people who don't know his name, but his images are, have become so icon, you know, iconic and they have represented such, and been such an influence on a whole part of gay sub gay male sub subculture. Um, at the, so like right around world war two, I mean, it has, started a little in like the twenties and thirties, but you really started to see it in the forties um, because it was kind of going on with some of these world war two soldiers and the bikers, like the biker culture was starting to grow. And, and so like you started to see it in the twenties, but it really, the bikers and kind of the soldiers kind of, there was something about those cultures that kind of meshed a little bit. And it was kind of these groups of people who were also very like fighting like against fascism and Nazis and that kind of thing. So there was there that one kind of aspect to it, but it started to influence like uh, SNM culture, like BDSM culture and like the fetish scene and that in like really substantially uh, it wasn't necessarily a birth of that movement, but it was where that kind of access to that kind of, clothing and accessory <laughs> type things became much more widely available at this time. And when you started having people like Tom of Finland creating these images post world war two, and really he's, I mean, it was mainly the fifties when he really got it, you know, got into it. And he was getting into the biker scene as well. He started this like drawing and there was already kind of this muscle culture, you know, this wrestling and Charles Atlas bodybuilder kind of image, um, like wrestling magazines were considered a big like gay male pornography at the time. And between that and these Tom of Finland kind of, like things that incorporated the biker into the homoerotic image that started becoming more what we think of like BDSM leather fetish kind of Jesus thing. Priest. Right. Well, it, and it eventually went to that point where the fashion became, you know, it expanded and really the image that became an ideal for more gay men like they saw this and they wanted to achieve that. And that's what you see in these like Doug and Jack guys, 
Now, I don't, I mean, I know this was based on things that happened in uh, Toku's life, but I don't know if this is like 100%, you know, word for word, like <laughs> how it how went. I'm sure. Has been taken right. I'm time. sure there's some fictionalized aspects of it, you know, and, you know, it's not just, oh, you have. Tom's dream cop that's standing there that pops up, you know, and his, he's like daydreaming this image of this man, you know, <laughs> that randomly pops up, you know, it's, <laughs> that's obviously, you know, a metaphor, like, <laughs> but so, but, uh, yes, he, what he did started out and, you know, as an ad man, as far as like doing, like drawing ads um, at an ad agency. So it's, um, it's kind of interesting that that's, and it's not surprising that's how he evolved. I mean, Andy Warhol started out in an ad agency. Um, <laughs> but it, um, it, yeah, that image that he, of the, the ideal, you know, man, like hunky man, whatever, usually in leather, but are often in uniform. Um, and in these power dynamics kind of situations, he, it became so popularized it. Like I said, a lot of people know the iconography. They just don't know who created it. And it's only been in the past few years where, and I know for myself, even as an artist that, it took me a while to learn more about him as an artist. I knew the images pretty well. And then I started only finding out more about him as a person, like within the past 10 years. Fascinating story. If, if uh, the movie's anything to go off, you know, there's right. Right. The, the post-war still kind of fascistic societies, you know, like when yeah. he does get arrested in Berlin oh yeah he's there with like an old nazi and he's like we used to put scum like you in concentration camps and gas them to death yeah and yeah shit like that and just the the fear the the one of the things that this movie kind of portrayed to me is that he seemed to always feel alone no matter how many people he was around you know he had some people that would yeah light up his life like his sister and uh shit even when she was in even when she was annoying yeah. More fireworks. Yeah. Even yeah. when she was annoying, he somehow found it endearing. Yeah. You know, and there's just that sort of lonely life. Uh, even when, uh, I don't know if we want to get to him going to America yet, but, you know, then there's just that fish well, out of water. I feel like, <laughs> oh, well, certainly. Well, that makes sense, you know, to some extent, being a fish out of water, but... Even I feel sometimes when he does meet uh, Nipa, I, I feel like there are times where he's still emotionally distant with him. And they even eventually, like, they move in together and are together for decades. Yeah. So. I want the curtains. You're to right. He has when this... we dance with our friends really stood out to me. 
And I just love the whole use of yellow in the film, not just the whole thing about yellow curtains are for sissies. Um, <laughs> that's the fireworks. If it's too much, Darren, I can stop. No, and, it's fine. Uh, it's, it's, winner. Okay. It, it's, it's in the background. It's, it's ambiance and uh, it does not overpower your voice when you're talking. Okay. It's different than the police sirens. So <laughs> everybody gets a break. It's summertime. Uh, we got fireworks. Just yeah. for you, dear listener. But so, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's just the, like Kaja, she wears a lot of yellow. Like she has some great combinations of clothes. Actually, I was telling my mom, I'm like, I want that out. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> um, but, you know, and when they go to the little family reunion, type thing the kite that they play with is yellow they're just these things that pop out at these different moments in the film and i just thought it it was just such a nice little touch um to kind of especially when you do have something that where visual aspects are so important because it there is that element of the artwork in this um it's nice that you, even when you're not showcasing Tom's specific artwork, you're, you know, there's still some sort of color palette that's creative. You know, it has a life of its own. Yeah, the, I should have looked up who the cinematographer was and embarrassed myself again with more pronunciation mistakes, but it was a very pretty movie. And, it's lush. Like, yeah. that's the only way I can think to describe it as lush. Uh, I mean, the scenery is gorgeous. Las La, La, La Frank, I'm going to guess that's how you say that name. L-A-S-S-E. Las? Lasa? Lasa? Lasa Frank? Frank? I think it. I think that might be an A kite on the end. There we go. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Oh, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've only seen it the one time. Or one or yeah. two times. I watched like, yeah. the beginning, and then I was like, I really need to do this in a chunk where I can watch the whole thing at once. So uh, right. I waited until last night. I, I started watching it the night before. I was like, you know what? It's too mm-hmm. late. I'm too sleepy. Yeah. I, I want to start this movie a little bit earlier. Uh, not that it's, I mean, not that it's boring at all. It's. It's... But you have to, there's some of it that I feel like you need to pay attention to. Yeah. Because there's a lot to take in, really. So much. I feel like a decent amount of the very beginning, like, I I remember the naked guys, skinny dipping, and the war. Yeah. And then really, yeah. uh, the next thing I've really got is, you know, when he's uh, having sex with the dude in the park, and the cops all show up out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, the dude gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. And then he just kind of lights up a cigarette and comes out and starts talking to the guys all casually about the Olympics. Which, you know, of course, in there, like, we're cleaning up the park of criminals because of the Olympics. I'm like, yeah, they still do that in cities. Yeah. They, they beat up and kick out the homeless and make people homeless and get rid of the criminal quote unquote criminal element like that in that violent way. Yeah. That's, they're still doing that around the world. Um, 
but it it just it 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 kind of like it what my mom said because you know then he goes back to a, a park another park a little bit later in the movie to cruise a spot which is where actually the first time he meets Nipa and and my mom's like is he going back to the same spot? Like, really? How dumb is that? <laughs> He's going to get caught. He's going to get caught. She got She got, she got very concerned for his safety. <laughs> I mean, Which valid point. Yeah, those, those I was like, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And he's oh. he's an elegant, long limbed man. He, he just bones probably break pretty easily under the truncheon of homophobia. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that was one of the thing uh, uh, later on at Doug and Jack's uh, Leather Daddy Sex Mansion. Yeah, and when the cops come running in, I I forgot what they had just spent the last. Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh yeah, no, I'm saying yeah. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I I had forgotten what they had just spent the last like ten fifteen minutes setting up, which was about how. This is America. Uh, this isn't, yeah. you know, he's watching people walking down mm-hmm. the street holding hands. He's seeing, you know, sort of casual cops. You know, there's the girl in the bikini leaning in the door and people are just cruising yeah. around and he's sitting next to, uh, a seem, seemed to be sitting next to a submissive rolling in the back of a limousine drinking and cocktail and then yeah they're all having the fun pool party and then the cops come running in and you see them with the guns and uh, yeah i totally forgot what they had just spent the time setting up and i was like oh my god what's gonna happen and then it's just oh we're looking for these guys (laughs) that totally aren't you well and and my mom and my mom was tot well, my mom was also like, Oh no, the cops are showing up. Like she did the same thing. <laughs> Is and then this the, crashing the cops back were to like reality. And then then they were like, Oh, we're looking for someone who robbed a bank or what or no, robbed a grocery or something. He robbed a place, yeah. He robbed someplace. And they point I love it. I'm like kind of assholes they kind of point at the black guy sitting there <laughs> and i'm like oh my god no was you it didn't him? do that <laughs> was it him and he's like hi <laughs> like in a super high voice hi <laughs> tilts his head to the side it was so funny and they'd like um no <laughs> like not even really phase they're just like what did we come into and they're like okay we're fine we're gonna leave now <laughs> Yeah, if you hear anything, you know, we got a car down not the street be- or whatever they said. Yeah, yeah, and not before letting uh, Toku take their photo. <laughs> Which, yeah, he I, I liked how he he found his uh, body models or whatever it's called mm-hmm. where he could. You know, there was his part- muses. Yeah, his muses. Yeah, he's drawing dead soldiers from the. War. Oh, I know the 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 soul the well. I would assume the way it happens is the first soldier he kills in war. Mm. The Russian soldier that he stabs. Yeah. And afterwards, he's just there. Like, he closes his eye, the soldier's eyes and then, like, draws. I mean, like, looks at him and, like, pets his face. And, like, it's just so, like, devastated. But he's obsessed, like, with his PTSD after the war. And haunted by that image, and but he's in. He uses the face of that dead soldier as 
an inspiration for one of his models. You know? It's, and then, you know, he, random guy with a motorcycle he sees down walking, you know, as he's walking down the street. You know, it just pops up. Yep, so he's got the, now he's got the pictures of five or six different police officers. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I've, uh, I think I've, I guess we kind of forgot to say that it hasn't really come up, but it's getting ready to come up at this point in the movie. But the dude he hooked up with in the Berlin bar that stole, mm-hmm. stole all his shit, including yeah. his uh, countrysides and landscapes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, what Doug and Jack wrote to him while uh, Nipa is suspiciously coughing. And I'm like, oh, God. I, but, you know. Yeah, I, I was. I I guess I was. Uh, sorry, David, if you're editing any of this, but uh, I assumed that Nipa had AIDS. My mom asked me the same thing, <laughs> and you not sure, you know, initially, but he doesn't. Whatever it is, you just know he's not talking about it or he's not getting it checked out. Yeah. something's up Nipa's not going to America they're coughing being vague about you know oh yeah the doctor is sure that everything's going to be fine it's like oh no because it's supposed to be what late 70s early 80s very very early 80s it's um, you know you're right around that time so it could have been yeah you know if, if this had happened back in the 50s I probably would have guessed what it was sooner yeah. Well, my mom made the comment about how much they smoke cigarettes in this. <laughs> so, and I know I'm like, my lung, my lungs hurt too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, there's a cigarette case, which I, I was the cigarette case, some sort of signal also. Yeah. You know, well, he pulled, when he pulled it out, the guy just kind of got it finally. It was, there was something, I think there was something with that, but then I I don't know. You're not exactly hundred percent sure, but when he asked him to keep it as a gift, mm. he you know, if he hasn't gotten it by that point, he totally gets it. You know? So, yeah. But lot lots of little signals. I mean And then the and then the fact that he after he gets busted after one of his special parties, um, his special his poker parties with special friends, um, he ends up in the m- mental institution being, quote-unquote, cured for being gay. That was rough. I want to be cured. Come I know. Leave, leave with me. Come on. No. Uh, let's, yeah. The, <laughs> this is not a totally happy movie. No, no. It. I mean, it definitely has moments, but um, <laughs> Zora has joined us. Um, <laughs> but you know, it it has happy moments, but it, it's ultimately bittersweet. Yeah, but you like- do see him, and the fact that he finally, in his lifetime, gets the recognition 
for his artwork. Yeah. You know, it's, he realizes how important his work is and it drives him as an artist. And it's, you know, it's, it is inspiring in that kind of creative sense. Uh, Finland honored him with a stamp in 2014. Oh, really? Actually, two. There were two different designs. Yeah. Was there anything... Um, spoiler alert. We, he's, he died in 1991, right? Yes. Was there anything significant about the year? 2014? Or just finally uh, got around not- to... I there not that I know of. I think it was they just got got around to it. Cool. And like I said, I mean, I know I didn't learn that much about him uh you know, as far as who I knew the artwork for years, but I didn't really find out much about him until about 10 years ago. So I don't know if more people were also at that around that same time finally being discovered. I know like was it 2009? This is not why I discovered him, but <laughs> but in 2009 he was inducted into the Leather Hall of Fame. <laughs> in case you were wondering. Oh, nice. How long do you have to be yeah. re- be retired to get inducted into that? I I don't know. I don't know what the requirement is. It's maybe a contribution to the leather culture and society. Which Who knows? There seems to be a far reaching excuse me, far-reaching influence in, uh, you know, uh, other art that I've seen. Uh, that mm-hmm. I'm sure oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know. What? No, and you can certainly tell other artists were inspired by him. I mean, that that is one of the early, although I think the, the problematic Police Academy movies is the reason why that's one of the, that's the look that I associate with the leather, leather scene is from Mm -hmm. that, uh, that bar that they always tricked the guy into going to where the dudes were dancing to, uh, I forget what that song is called, but, uh, like I could have sworn that one guy was Freddie Mercury in his drawing. (laughs) And I think that this took ha- the that was done well before Freddie Mercury existed, or at least Freddie yeah. Mercury as Freddie Mercury. And oh, it, it was no, it started before that. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just scratching the surface. I'm I'm not gonna go read a biography of him immediately because I don't have mm-hmm. a lot of time to read. But uh, this has piqued my interest in Tom of Finland. Right. Well, he was very prolific. So you have quite a variety of pieces out there. Uh, And like I said, because he was, you know, he was an art director at an ad agency. He did other things that, you know, reaching outside of this and, and just, but his style is he was certainly an amazingly skilled illustrator uh, just on a technical level, but then how he, his creativity expanded it uh, is another thing is another thing entirely. I I feel like 
he probably influenced our crumb in some way, if I've got the timelines correct. Mm, I don't know, maybe. So there's something about the the way that Crumb exaggerates body parts in, mm -hmm. in some of his work. Right. Uh, and I feel like his main stuff really started coming out in the 70s or 80s. Hmm. So I don't know. I can't tell you there. You You certainly know graphic novels and comics more than I do. Yeah. So R. Crumb did the, I'll send I'll send you a couple, uh, things from my, he did the illustrated book of Genesis. Uh, right. No, I've, I've read oh, some, okay. but gotcha. yeah. And I've, and I've seen a bit of his work, but I know that you know more about it than I do. Um, so yeah. yeah, without, without looking into it at all, I'm just going to, Allege that he was probably influenced by Tom of Finland because he was also in the underground comic scene. And so, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, where were we? Tom of Finland. Tom, well, yeah. <laughs> Tom of Finland. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you suggested this movie. I, I mean, it mm -hmm. is it is presently on Hulu. Yes. I have no idea when I would have got to it. Um, but it's because what? It's been out for three years. Well, I first saw it in 2018 because I think they released it in anticipation of the Oscars or something, or right after the Oscars. It was on. They might have been on Hulu then or something. And then it was taken off for a while and then they put it back on. And so I saw it, but that was like maybe in February or March when they put it back on. And I watched it. No, I take that back. They put it back on in in March and I watched it in April and they took it off again at the end of April and then they put it back on <laughs> Hulu at the beginning of June. <laughs> or I, it was weird that I was like, why is there that one month in there that it wasn't available? It was so weird. <laughs> but yeah, so I had last seen it until this watch. I'd last seen it, you know, in April. Maybe that's when they were shopping some sort of rights to it. So they wanted to I don't know. Play. I don't know. But, you know, it's a de I definitely notice more each time I see it. It's one of those movies that some of, I mean, just, there are just so many little subtleties that you just kind of pick up, you know, if you give it at least one more, like a second watch. And it's not because it's not because it's a for it's primarily in a foreign language and you're partially reading subtitles. It has nothing to do with that. It's just that the art there was so much going on with the artwork that in so many of the subtleties of the mannerisms and actions of the uh, of the characters 
you know, just the entire way that they interact in society. And like so much is coded in public. You know what I mean? That you have to rely on subtleties and you just pick up more of that. You know, I think it's maybe it's the fact that so many Hollywood movies just jam everything down your throat. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, okay, (laughs) you know, you're used to looking, you're used to having things right in your face. Subtleties we forget about sometimes if we're, I think, watching primarily, you know, Hollywood productions. So it is nice to see something that is kind of has a little bit more going on, just step back, like makes you, it's not like it's anything complicated, but it's like, it just makes you appreciate more. (laughs) At least that's me. I don't know about you. Oh yeah. I feel you. That's, uh, and it also, yeah, like like you're saying with with the coding and the nuance and the subtleties, I I can imagine someone watching, uh, one of those blah blah blah, <laughs> USA movies trying to read subtitles for that while paying attention to what's happening. That's gonna right. be a nightmare. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, so yeah, Tom of Finland. So you'd recommend it? I that thing that I think that sounds that, like that. That's what that sounds like. Yeah, uh, it, okay. it is one of those ones. You know, think about think about the content before sitting down and watching it with your mother. Uh, if your mother's cool <laughs> with it, you yeah, know your mother's cool. That's with true. It. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. But otherwise, I mean, it's I'm not even really sure. I mean, it's a it's a pretty lush movie of quite an interesting story uh which probably looks a little bit deeper into an artist that not a whole lot of people are very familiar with their story right and like i said you've you've just you've more than likely you've probably it wouldn't surprise me if you've seen the like his artwork before and if not his artwork artwork very much influenced by him. Yeah. Um, you just don't know who he is or, you know, may not even know he, his name. So, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I mean, obviously, I recommended it. <laughs> recommended it already. But Double I do, recommend. I, but like I said, I, I'm enjoying, I've enjoyed it more the more I've watched it. Uh, not that I didn't watch it, um, enjoy it the first watch. It's just I've been fine. You just see more with some of the artwork and and the acting. Yeah, the acting is 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 pretty good in this. Yeah, top notch. One of those uh, like second time around kind of movies. Yeah, some movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I know the story. Especially a, a decent amount of biographical films. Right. Like, okay, thank you. Yeah, it and it doesn't feel like a biographical film where you're kind of like, okay, been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel recycled. It is a unique story um, and genuinely interesting. Yeah, and with, with the remembering, with the flashbacks and mm-hmm. all that other stuff, it's not, okay, well, now it's 1958. This is when Tom of Finland, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. 
You know, you'll right. just get a picture of old Tom drawing some dude's nipple and gazing out the window <laughs> and then there's a memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I had no idea what I was coming into. I was <laughs> when I For didn't even worse. know what you were saying when you recommend when you announced it. I know you I know you didn't. You were like, <laughs> "What? Like, Wait, what? Tom huh? Finlan?" It was like Tom You're O like... Tom O what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Tamiflu? Tamiflu? What? <laughs> no, I'm <Tara> deaf. <laughs> I'm already half deaf from all those years sitting between amplifiers. That's uh, true. Then you got to throw Tom of Finland at me. I didn't enunciate. I'm sorry. Tom of Finland. Like, Tom okay. of Finland. Uh, Finland. This is yes. Finland's song as they beautifully sing around the fire when they're hoping not to die. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Tom. So on that note, two thumbs up. I think, yes, two thumbs up. Um, and on that note, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will discuss my lesbian experience with loneliness. Okay, be back shortly. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, guys. Oh, oh hey, Producer, Producer Michael. Producer Michael, oh, hi. Well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. And we are back now with our book selection that we often do, but sometimes we don't. I know uh, we we took uh, was it last month off uh, because Darren hasn't had as well, much reading time as possible. Yeah, and I mean it was our anniversary show, and usually during that we only do the commentary anyway yeah. of a movie. So we're you know that's fine, but. Um, yeah, we're back to a book this month. We're back to go a, ahead. We're back to a book, and it is my lesbian experience with loneliness, or uh, rezu fuzoki ni ikamashita. I probably butchered that, but I've told you I would try. Yeah. By Kabi Nagata. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, graphic novel or a manga picked by my dear co-host Vanessa and I'm guessing that you have read this before I will say since I am the one that is still talking uh, I have never read this before yeah I've actually read the trilogy oh yes fireworks pick back up 
Anyway, I will try to talk over this. But no, this is the first one, and it was first uh, published in print um, in June of 2016. And then the next one is my solo exchange diary that came out in December 2016. And then the third one was my solo exchange diary volume two. And uh, I don't know when that was published in Japanese first, but it was English first in February of 2019. So I've read all of them. She started doing other things, but this is like her autobiograph. Uh, I, I can't speak. Autobiographic. <laughs> yes, thank you. Her autobiographical like trilogy. It had. Uh, well, I'm sure you've got a lot more to say about it, but one of the I don't know why, but for some reason it made me think of Fun Home, a little bit. At the just the way the that we're it's it's like. I mean, I think that's what it was supposed to be, but it's like reading somebody's diary. Well, it it, it is, and there there's a reason why the next two volumes include the word diary. <laughs> I mean, because it is a chronicle of her emotions and her life, and part of. I mean, not only did I pick this for the pride aspect, and yes, here she is an artist who decides to do this work about her own life and experiences. Um, And it's also about, you know, and it's about her just kind of experiencing growing up and, you know, exploring sexuality, but the mental health aspect of this is what I think that was what was so captivating for me when I first read this book. Um, speaking as someone who has experienced, uh, who's been diagnosed, but experienced much longer um, bipolar depression, uh, and I've had anxiety at different points, and you know, and I just. She has such an amazing way of describing it. And it's so, it's so succinct, but it's just so meaningful. And I'm kind of like, I have to, you know, I know other people have shared it with me. I I believe Robert Ward had, he brought it up at one point on the Facebook group before I had read it, even though I had had other people tell me to read it. I know he did. He I'll have to give him, I have to give him a mention for that. But it I didn't realize the degree of what the exploration of mental health issues is going to be until I read it. And I just that's one reason why I'm like I have to share this with as many people and I know so many people that this would bring true with to some degree. Um, what were some of the uh, things that really stood out to you in that aspect? Was the, uh, there was the, the hair, my, go ahead. Well, yes, the hair thing with the bald spot. I have done that to myself at one. I will say that at one point in my life where 
I was experiencing such severe anxiety that I started doing that. And it was, it, it, you know, thankfully it was only a temporary stress induced situation. I mean, there are period people who routinely experience that and struggle with it throughout their lives. I, I can't remember the full name of it where they will pull their hair like that, but, and make bald spots, but I've done that self to myself over stress. And that was one thing, but the, this is weird to say, but my favorite panel in here, in the copy I have, it is on page 40, <laughs> the very bottom one, and she's laying down on the floor on her side with her arms stretched out in such a sense of despair. And the first thing she says is, I'm so bad at being alive. It, that is just anyone who has experienced a severe bout of depression can tell you that is that sums it up that you have that moment of just uh, even if it's fleeting you know sometimes you might you know obsess about it but it's something, it seems so, such a simple thing to say, but it speaks volumes. And I, I yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, that it, they're, they're, you know, it's got a, she's got this great self-deprecating sense of humor at the same time. You know, now it's it, without being overly, so it, you know, it's, it's subtle, but she very much exposes herself and I mean her flaws and puts herself in such an emotionally vulnerable position and you know you can only applaud her for it you know I, I can't even imagine <laughs> doing I mean doing something like this revealing like I mean, podcasting is one thing. And also, I'm not like big time podcaster who, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I would still say the same shit. I probably would. But I don't know. I don't know. It, there's just a, the sense of vulnerability that she shares in here that is is phenomenal. She's always because, doing something that terrifies her, it seems. Yeah, and even when she finally has worked up the courage to call the lesbian escort agency and she is there with the 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 escort in the bath and explaining the situation and the escort says that she's being brave. Like she doesn't get it. Like be you know, it's just, and, and that's the fact of many people who've experienced depression and anxiety too can tell you sometimes you get in those ruts where no matter how much positive reinforcement you might hear, you don't, you can't believe it. You just can't convince yourself that it's true. You know, sometimes you just have a block and it's nothing 
it may not be anything intentional. There just may be something chemical that they're like a wire has gotten crossed. You know, that's the only way I can think to describe it. But she has had so many years of anxieties about so many things in life built up that, you know, there's a lot more going on as well. Um, and she knows it. And she's trying, I mean, she's struggling to grow up. And here she is, what, 27, 28 in the book. And she's going through these things that many people go through at least, you know, five years earlier. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, tri- trichotillomania. Tri- is- tri- trichotillomania. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I knew it's. I knew it started with a trick in there, but I couldn't remember the rest of the word. Thank you. Yeah. And I also wanted to make sure I didn't confuse it with the one that's dermaticulomania, which is when you're picking your skin. Uh, and she's and she's a cutter too in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I never did that, but you know, it, it's uh, <laughs> I've had very dark moments in my life, and I know a lot of other people who have. Um, you know, we've been thankful to get through the other side, but. Like I said, this is just some of these moments she captures are so just like even something as simple where she's talking about, oh, I'm finally like changing my clothes and every day and taking a bath or shower every day. Like and it amazing, like it makes her feel so much better and lightens her mood. Something that simple that just that element of self-care that you take for granted a lot of times, but if you've gotten in a rut of depression, like, okay, you, you start letting things go. The dishes go. You stop changing your clothes all the time. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it, all these different things. Yeah. It depends on how bad your depression is. Very much so. And I've, I've never really been accused of being depressed. I mean, (laughs) a surprisingly or maybe not surprisingly high number of my romantic partners have all had serious depression and things like that. Some of them would just laugh at what I would consider a sad song and stuff. But yeah, I've definitely been involved with some cutters especially in high school and this yeah the she sort of panel to panel reminded me of so many different not even just romantic partners just so many different people i know yeah, yeah male and female uh, you know not just that but, you know there one of the one of the panels that really stood out to me was uh that single panel or maybe it was like a three panel page but it was the the scale with anxiety about human contact and sexual pleasure going up against each other. I don't know. If you right. That. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. No, I, that's actually one thing that caught my eye too. 
Because even when she's in this moment, she just can't, like, get out of her own head and out of these anxieties for more than a few seconds. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, and it's there and spoils anything, you know, any moment. Even though she still does experience a sense of liberation, you know. It does ease some anxiety for her. Yeah. You know? Um, have you read anything else by her? Or is her has her diary... Because I know she said early on in the comic that she was getting encouraged by people to start doing manga. Uh, which, by the way, I don't know if uh, this is just a unique thing from the app or not or if it's unique to the type of comic we read but in uh the comiXology app it offers guided reading so you don't read it wrong oh my my hard copy i have of this yeah if you look at it the typical american westerner way and you open from one side, like where you're going and turning the pages to the left, mm-hmm. the first thing you see after you open the cover is directions on how to read this kind <laughs> of comic. It is perfect. It is a perfect illustration. Has everything numbered. Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of it in digital form. I turned it off because this isn't my first. But I tried well, it out this for was a little the, while. This, this was the first one I had read. Okay. This was the first one I had read. Even though I had a general sense of how it was supposed to go, because I know Japanese books. <laughs> <laughs> I understand how they function. But I wasn't sure how the panels were going to be laid out completely. Um, so that's why I just, you know, that's why I was like, okay, got it. You know? Um, and I, I don't typically read graphic novels and comics anyway, as you know, but you have certainly gotten me to read more, but her third, the third in this trilogy does have like a bonus chapter. That's of a new thing she was working on. Um, I don't know if she's completed it yet. I mean, she may have, and it's just not published in English yet, but it was something totally unrelated and not, it was um, totally fictional and it was good. I really enjoyed it. It was like, like a nice kind of like feminist kind of kick butt type thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It had kind of, it just kind of had this, 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 uh, this vibe that was less, uh, this was more like, the stereotype of a shrinking violet a little bit. (laughs) And this is much more like, I guess much more confident women or female characters. Okay. Right on. I mean, it was only like one chapter of it, but I, I enjoyed it. And that's why I am like, okay, yeah, I'd check out more of her stuff. Um, Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'd recommend it. I did. 
But um, like I said, it's just what gets me is is just this whole thing of the way she speaks about mental health. I mean, she certainly, you know, and while, you know, this is pride, and I mean, in that aspect, I will say she does, she hasn't really explored her sexuality or sexual, I mean, limited amount of exploring her sexual, her sense of sexual orientation and her gender identity. I feel even a little bit, she does identify as female, but there's even, you know, there's a point where she's even saying, you know, she's never kind of thought of herself as a woman, but she knows she is, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, like kind of feeling like, uh, uh, I know I'm a woman, but I'm awkward in my own skin and I don't know, whatever, but she is, you know, and that's still how she identifies, but, uh, so it's interesting, just it's it's just something that she doesn't talk much about, but you certainly see from of her some from some of her actions too how that's expressed. And I think that's kind of a nice way of putting it. She just like only really blatantly addresses it in passing and then you just see it in action. And that speaks more, you know that speaks volumes in my opinion. And I think it's probably a better way of handling it for, you know, in some stories, uh, because it's her story and it really, you get a, you get a very much of a sense of, I'm, and maybe some of this is, I don't know. There's something that's slightly fictionalized, but I get a sense from what she said that it isn't. <laughs> so you just feel like she is a real genuine character. And so three-dimensional the way everything is conveyed with the drawings and the writing. Oh, for sure. Uh, the, the Even though she's, I mean she's very succinct. Yes. Uh, e easy to read uh, the the bonus chapter on the one I have is her going for the second time and the lady she got uh, just started her period that's the bonus yeah. chapter on the one I've got wait a minute I think the, is that in the one I have or do I have a different bonus chapter let me see no I think you might be right yeah they're walking in the rain Oh yeah, you're right. Thank you. I had to check again no, okay. because I because after we did my friend Dahmer, and we had different versions of it, I had to check. Yeah, I remember that, that, true. that. I just versions. yeah, I remembered reading that there are bonus chapter, and I remembered reading what you were describing, but I just didn't know if they were one and the same, and they are. Well, and in this I... case, sorry, I said in this case they are. <laughs> And I checked, and at the very end of this, the first thing you see is reading directions with the numbers on the panels. 
as if you know because i didn't and uh i mean i i opened it the proper way but i guess if you could right. somehow accidentally open a digital comic book on the second to last page <laughs> right the, it, it was like what you had on uh your your physical one um, right well what so in your digital copy what colors did you have uh, a lot of pink, pink and black. Okay. A lot of pink so, and black you know, and, it is and, 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 white. and gray. Yeah. And gray. White and gray. No, no. And that's exactly what it is. I just didn't know what, if they were doing your copy without the pink in there. Oh yeah. Uh, oh. Because pink is the only color, the actual color. Everything else is, you know, black and white and gray. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll send you a screenshot of of what I had what I had been looking at. Uh, no, I I mean because I've gotten I've gotten digital copies of graphic novels and comics before, and they were only black and white, like, and yeah, gray tones. But even though they came in color, they were originally published in color. <laughs> That's why I always ask. Mm, yeah, it, it would be a bummer if it was a poor translation of the work. Well, and I mean, and even though she uses such a limited amount of colors, it doesn't need to be elaborate. She's just put everything very simply and it's right there for you to see and digest. And that's why it's an easy, quick read. And, you know, it makes it enjoyable. I mean, she has an interesting enough story. I mean, just like Tama Finland. Yeah, a good you recommend know, for this month. Well, a good recommend for any time. Um, mm -hmm. But I think a very appropriate for this time of year and this time. And, you know, I would I would recommend the two sequels to this as well. Um, because they delve much more into the mental health type things uh, if you enjoy that aspect about this I would say absolutely go for those because it ends up with her because you know she has an eating disorder too so she's that one of the many issues you know she has and so she ends up and if later on you see all these other different things that happen as she gets older and you know how she ends up going in and out of hospitals and it's and really how she does continue to struggle over the years even though what you see here with her at 28 she's made great progress but of course she still has a ways to go and then even when we see her you know a little bit later she's you know of course she's still struggling but she's still trying, you know, as much as she can. But there's one thing I will, the one thing, the one last thing I do want to say about this before I, I guess I wrap this up. But one other panel I really enjoy in here is it's near the end where she's talking about how she's having a hard time when she's gotten contacted about doing all this uh, different work 
and being encouraged, you know, to write, to create more. She's just like, I can't do it. And basic. And, and so she's like, that points out the difference between being late, quote, being lazy and quote, being unable to try. And if you have experienced a deep depression, unable to try is a big thing. And unfortunately you, that sometimes gets mistaken often gets mistaken for being lazy or procrastinating. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. And it's, and it's just like, it's not that I don't want to, it's just that I can't, you know, for whatever it is, there's just a block. You just physically, mentally cannot. And yeah, simple things in there that speak volumes. That's all I got to say. So, and definitely get much more of that in the, the next two. All right. So it's a you, pretty, it's a pretty interesting journey. She goes on. So you re- recommend this plus extra reading. I do bonus work. Bonus. You'll get a gold star. There we go. <laughs> Put it on your chart. Yep. So after that, Darren. Yes. What are we going to be doing next month? All right. Like I said, you might. <laughs> you might regret this because I was only somewhat presuming that I was going to have to say this at the end of the episode but wasn't sure, but it's happened before. Uh, maybe we'll talk this out a little bit because uh, I do have final say. <laughs> but Sure. I was thinking we either do mm-hmm. a sort of light, especially with the idea of another uh, thing that we might be doing in July. Right. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay. Uh, we maybe do a movie that we've talked about doing before, uh, The People versus Larry Flint. Okay. Or, uh, Jaws and Jaws. Uh, the book is about 270 pages. Or the Jaws book and Deep Blue Sea. Hmm. That's That's where my brain got trying to devote myself 99.9% to this episode while trying to figure that out. Um, I, you know what I think I could be up for because every year, you know, we got to have a little bit of a trashy be trade. I think we have to go with Jaws, the book and Jaws, the movie. Okay. Have you ever read the book? I have not. Okay. There are some key parts that are very different. Okay. So, okay. I'm anxious to read it, actually. That's why I, that's the other reason why I suggested it. Okay. It's my choice. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I I know we, it was the the first one that I had thought of. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't often try to do, I think what the last time we did the straight up book and movie was, um, 
what monster and monster or let the right one or no we didn't we didn't do that with let the right one in because that book is too no we didn't long. um but we, we no we didn't do monster and Mo there was no yeah. book for monster uh, it was a different book so maybe my friend Dahmer might have been the last yeah. time we did the the book and the movie straight together but yeah so i figured you know jaws yeah. and jaws it's summer it takes well it, it's a july movie it takes place movie. on fourth of july fourth of july part of it so yep. we need those Perfect. summer dollars you know we got politicians doing stuff when it's kind of dangerous so we, we might <laughs> yeah uh, you know we might have some of that there uh but so yeah okay good jaws and jaws i jaws and jaws i am so up for that good suggestion darren I knew there was a reason I kept you around. <laughs> Every once in a while. No, you put up with me, so. 60% <laughs> of the time, I work every time. <laughs> uh, do we, we, let's see, do we have any un, any unfinished business, or do we say thank well, you for I was listening? Say, I was going to say, the books that I put out there as an offer last month are still up for grabs if anybody would like them so we will give you an additional month to get in so i probably we won't be recording for the until like mid to the third week like second third week of july so yeah and what does one have to do just uh, email us at uh, vdclinicpod at gmail.com and say, hey, I would like that six-volume set of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So, Ooh. and I will send them to you. And I guess possibly we would be open to if you contact us via Facebook Messenger? That or via Twitter. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Sure. Yeah. That works. We're, yeah. To open it up just, so. in just in case people are on the internet, but they don't like to email. Yeah, I know. I get it. So unless your boy, you know, you could be say, no, you're using a Gmail address. I'm, I hate Google today. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to participate. <laughs> so we've got something. Anyway. We've spread it across at least two companies. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, on that note, is there uh, anything going on that you would like to, outside of the show, that you would like to share? Oh, well, you know, you can come across, uh, if you are uh, unaware of the podcast Under the sea, uh, Stairs Summer Series uh, that our dear friend Duncan McLeish, which you will know from many of his own podcasts and our uh Nightbreed, Nightseed, Duncan and Bo, uh, Cabal, and our Rashomon, and, and our Rashomon and episode, and Ghost Dog. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this is the best uh, over there. He is doing his massive summer series that uh, ends with a roundtable of I don't even know uh, ten to 20 podcasters <laughs> talking about this is a uh, 2000 to uh, the best of that, that decade starting in 2000. I am on 2001 
and 2005. Uh, over on the Atomic Age Saucer cast, uh, we will be doing the Black Scorpion. Uh, that is the sci-fi podcast that I have with uh, Court Psyops and Jerry Herring. Uh, that we get together every couple months, <laughs> and I rant about the Cold War, and we talk about old movies, and um, that's Psycho Semantic, where we first podcasted together. Uh, I have no idea what is coming up. Uh, sometime around the time that you're hearing this episode, our dear friend that I can't remember if I mentioned them before we started recording, but. Uh, Desmond wanted to get together and talk about the 1980 Al Pacino movie Cruising. Oh my God! I just recently rewatched that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking good. Oh right? my God! It is so good. It is so good, but wrong at the same time. Uh, we, we we talked about the the protests. Speaking and... of. Speaking of the leather scene <laughs> in the Tom of Finland ideal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry. Al Pacino and your wrong handkerchiefs. And, oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like to watch. No, no Al Pacino. That's the harder one to fake, I would think. But uh, yeah, we get into that and that's where I was singing uh, Desmond. And okay. yeah, so that's. That's that I just finished editing that today as you and I record this. And so I'm I'm working on writing a new theme song for that show so I don't run out of all the song that I have all the music that I have permission to use too fast. Uh so depends on how Brian Wilson I get with my bastardization of uh American patriotic songs. I think that's it. I you know I brought the the band slut drummer part of me to podcasting. I have so many podcasts. I think the Midnight Horror Show is um, still not doing anything. Yeah, you're 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 becoming quite the Duncan yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I only I only have to edit one show though, so that's that's key. <laughs> one Valid or fewer point. shows. He, he edits more, so you're not yeah. you're not quite as crazy. I mean, we love Duncan, but he's he's a little crazy. And our 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 uh, our powers combine whenever the Midnight Horror Show happens, because you know that's him and me and Fancy Mark. Wonder Twin powers activate. Yep, the double yeah. D's. Anyway, yeah, that was a good episode. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this point. If you are still hearing my voice, if not. You will shortly be hearing us in a more professional way say thank you for listening. You can find our podcast if you don't know how you found it at this point on most of your favorite podcatchers. And we can be contacted at VD Clinic Pod in most most places. Uh, I think it's actually in. That's it for us. Twitter, Instagram, email. Legion podcasts. You got it. Spotify. <laughs> All the places. Oh. We'll see we'll see you soon with uh, I'm not sure which thing we'll be doing first, but uh do, do we want to say 
or cut out that we are hoping on bringing back quarantine theater next month? Yeah, we, we realized it's been a while since we've done some quarantine theater. So, um, so expect some of that coming up and, uh, a little, not, I think actually considering our July selection, um, the listeners might get a double dose of that in July. All right. Yeah. Good scenes. I think we might be able to swing that. Yeah. All right. So yeah. big plans. Hopefully Big they don't plans. all go to shit, but they should. Yes. But yes. You never know. <laughs> yes. For now. Cool. For things. now. Mm-hmm. And also for now, I am Darren. And I am Vanessa. Thank you for listening and happy pride, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the VD Clinic. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at Twitter at VDClinicPod or reach us via email at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group, VD Clinic Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and more. <laughs>